Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bove and Sal Capaccio are going really deep. Talking Bills all year long. Because it's always game day in Buffalo. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another podcast of it's always game day in buffalo sal capaccio here wgr sports radio 550 and bill's radio sideline reporter which it's coming up soon going to be on the sidelines for games pretty soon folks we are getting to training camp and then the regular season and as always i'm joined by wkbw tv channel 7's matt bove who has plenty of experience down there it's always fun catching those shots with your video camera matt (laughs) and uh being a part of the action for sure no doubt and we're, we're really close buddy yeah, I'm getting it's crazy that mandatory minicamp has now wrapped up. And that means the next time we see the Bills on the field, it will be for training camp. Mandatory minicamp, it was only two days. They wrapped things up early. They seem to always kind of do that. These guys are now, some of them are going to go home. Some of them are going to go on vacation. A lot of them are going to continue to work out kind of at their own schedule. And then it's time to move into the dorm rooms at St. John Fisher College for a couple of weeks. It's almost like, you know, it, it's funny. It's been two years removed, but it feels like yesterday that we were back at Fisher for the 2019 training camp. And if we only knew then what we know now about not only the bills, but also about like the world, man, what a different time. No doubt. I mean, your life has changed dramatically. You've gotten married, I believe since then. Has that been, when did you get married? I got married right before training camp of 2019, but it was all in one month. It was buy a house, get married and then become sports director at channel seven. And that all happened in like three weeks. So somebody joked with me when it was, you know, my first day back to work, which was the first day of training camp that year. And they're like, man, it's all downhill from here. And I'm like, yeah, you're kidding, but actually it might be all downhill from here. So um, I want to get into this about training camp in a second, because it is important to note that they will be back at St. John Fisher, uh, but the bills did wrap up mini camp. And we're going to talk a lot about our observations, what we saw Tuesday and Wednesday. And as Matt just said, it's, pretty common that they they cancel that third day and they do team building and team bonding exercises the players will still be there i think they're going to go in for meetings maybe work out things like that and then sean mcdermott will release them for the whatever five weeks until training camp begins i go back to the days at fisher and 
really even before Max was born, my son, who's eight years old and thinking about, you know, being out there and staying in the dorms and it really is dorm life. So I bring my coffee maker. I bring my mm -hmm. television. I put my two big, small beds together to make one big bed and it is dorm life. Now, since then, Max is older. He's playing sports. I'm coming home a little bit more. Now it's been two years since I've been there. He'll be coming out with my wife, Yana, for some training camp practices. So it will be quite different in my own personal life for it. But I have to tell you, I love the camaraderie part of it with all of my colleagues, our colleagues, uh, the guys and the gals that cover the bills that are out there and just the sense of football. It's football and watching it and getting up in the morning, getting a coffee, going down and watching football practice, getting on the radio and talking about it. And I think that they genuinely enjoy it. Also, I think staying in Buffalo is convenient. It's what they were able to do the last couple of years. There are a lot of perks to staying in Buffalo, but there's a reason they're going back. They like the team building aspect of it. They like getting away and kind of starting the season. This is the unofficial start of the season. I know we go through all of these phases of the offseason. There's voluntary workouts. There's mini camp. There's rookie mini camp. There's all these different things that happen, but training camp really is the marker that starts the new season. And I think there's something to be said about putting those guys in dorm rooms and they're just like anybody else who's in those dorm rooms. They're playing cards. They're playing video games with each other. They're screwing around. They're having fun. Like that's what the perfect way to kind of start the season is for them. And I think it does make those guys even closer off the field. And that ultimately helps them on the field. We know how much Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott care about that particular piece, that culture that they're building and the bonding of all the players and things like that. That's going to happen, I believe. Report date, not official, but uh, we've been told it looks like July 23rd will be when they're reporting, and that's going to be the mm -hmm. first weekend. And the Bills will be allowed to start earlier than most teams because they are playing in that Thursday night opener against the Rams. The new CBA says... I say new, it's two years old now, 47 <laughs> days from your first regular season game. So if you go back, it would be that weekend. So because they're playing in that opener, Matt, that means we don't get that final weekend to ourselves and we're going to have to be out at Fisher basically covering football. Well, I guess I'm happy because the Saturday, the 23rd is my wife's 30th birthday. Oh. And I said, hey, let's plan a little day for your 30th birthday. And then when the Bills got the Rams game, I kind of did the math in my head and I was like, oh no they're going to practice on the 23rd. That's going to be the first day. I don't know what I'm going to do, but now it seems like they're just going to move in on the 23rd. We won't be there until the 24th. So mini crisis averted in the Bobe household. <laughs> yeah, good for you. For sure. Good for you. We will get the official schedule sometime soon from the Bills. And I know fans want to know when they can go to St. John Fisher. In the meantime, Matt and I have been out at OTAs and minicamp, and they just had mandatory minicamp. So let's kind of rewind a little bit here, if we can, and just kind of reset. The big story going into minicamp really was Jordan Poyer, Matt, and that was mm -hmm. would he or won't he show up? We knew going in that he would a day beforehand because of a report from Adam Schefter. Now, of course, until you get there and see it, you know, you have to see it. And then there was the thought, is he going to be a hold in, so to speak, which is he shows up and he doesn't do anything. That didn't happen. Jordan Poyer was there. He participated in every drill that I saw individual with his team, his uh, defensive backs in team defense in offense in defense against the offense in seven on seven and 11 on 11. And I, it looked like full systems go for Jordan Poyer, even though the situation isn't resolved I think that's a good sign. We were all following Jordan Poyer around for the first practice because it was the first time we have seen him. And he noticed all of the cameras. He noticed all of the reporters over there. And he just kind of looked at us and was like, what do you guys all need? And we're like, <laughs> well, you know what we need. We're all here for you. And he did every, like you said, he was part of all of the drills that he would normally be part of. I think that's a good sign. All of this being said, 
I don't know what it means for the future with the Bills and for Jordan Poyer. I don't know if it means that, hey, he was here for these two days of mandatory minicamp. This is now water under the bridge, and they can push to this to the side until next offseason. I don't necessarily get that impression. I feel like this was almost kind of like a good faith offering from Jordan Poyer. Like, hey, I'm going to come, but I still really think I deserve a new contract. So I'm curious to see how it plays out from here because – I also think he would report to training camp, but I also think just kind of the vibes that I've gotten, it's like he's here because he wants to be for his teammates, but he also still thinks that he deserves to be paid. And when you look at some of the other guys around the league that have gotten paid this last couple months and these last couple of years, he, he has a strong case. Yeah. And just the day that we're recording this here on the day after the second day of minicamp, June 15th, Mika Fitzpatrick, it's a monster deal for the Steelers. Now, he's 25. Jordan Poyer's 31. Of course, that has to be considered. But the longer it always goes on with any of these guys, the more the market gets kind of reset. And you look, does Drew Rosenhouse look at that deal and say, hey, look how much that guy's making. My guy is, a, is an all-pro. He's a first-team all-pro. You can't get any better than that. And that, I think, is the tough situation for Brandon Bean, how he has to handle this. Because I don't think Brandon Bean would say that Jordan Poyer doesn't deserve to get paid. The question is, how high do you want to go and for how long with a 31-year-old safety? And I think that's the question and the issue that he's going to have to struggle with as they go through this process. And that's why it's so interesting because if the Bills can get him locked into a short-term deal, then I think it makes sense for them. But I don't necessarily think it makes sense for him, when you look at his age and when you look at the fact that he's coming off of his best season as a pro, more likely than not, he's trying to cash in on one more big contract that probably is going to be his last big contract. Maybe he signs something smaller down the road. But I think that's kind of what he wants. Like, let's sign one big contract here. Let's ride off into the sunset and let's set my family and myself up for the rest of my life. The bills are probably like, listen, we're really close to a Super Bowl. And we really want you to be part of the team that wins the Super Bowl if we get there, because you were so crucial in kind of building this organization, this culture, and helping turn things around. But we can't give everybody money. And with the way he, you know, with his age and with Micah Hyde's age, to commit to that long term seems a bit worrisome from the Bills standpoint. And they got to figure out, and we don't even know the answer to this. Do they want Hyde to be the guy that's here for long-term? Do they want it to be Poyer? Do they think they can move on from one and not the other? Do they think that they need both of those guys? And I think it's an interesting conversation. I think they both have really important roles on this team, and the Bills are absolutely a better team with Jordan Poyer on the field and with Micah Hyde on the field. But will they be a better team next year if Jordan Poyer is the guy who gets paid and maybe they don't have the money for Ed Oliver or for Dawson Knox or for... Tremaine Edmonds or, or whoever it happens to be. Like, it's a very complicated situation they find themselves in. This is also a result of them being really good. This is what really good teams have to deal right. with. No doubt about it. And these things are going to keep coming up. Even a guy like Gabriel Davis could start renegotiating next year after his third year. Like he's allowed to do that if he has a big season, he wants to. So Brandon Bean has to start thinking about all of those things down the line. All right, Matt. So it was hot out there outside the Ad Pro Sports Training Center. Uh, we were out there for a couple of days. Jordan Poyer's story and situation kind of just took care of itself, I guess. But what stood out to you? Is there any particular player or something that happened, any particular situation that you're thinking about and saying, you know what? I think that was notable for me as I was watching these two practices. I have a strange one to lead off, but okay. it was one of the things that jumped out to me. I think Tavon Austin might make this team. I, like I it. think when they signed Tavon Austin, my thought was, 
this is a guy he is going to come in and compete for a job, but I think it's an outside shot that he makes the team. It's two days of minicamp, so I don't want to blow things out of proportion, but just the way that he moves, the way that he was utilized with what we were able to see, just kind of the skill set that he has, I think there's a role on this team for a guy like that. And it's going to me, if he makes the team, that means that somebody we thought was going to make the team probably won't. I don't know who that's going to be. I still to this, I still think that there are like four or five guys that you're like, yes, they're making the team. And for me, that's Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Jamison Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie, and Khalil Shakir. I think those guys are like, yep, they're making the team really regardless of what happens in the next couple months. Then we get to the next tier of him, Tavon Austin, Jake Kumaro, Isaiah Hodgins, all of those guys. So I think Tavon Austin has looked good in the very small sample size that we've had. He's still got some juice. It was, you know, Josh throwing him the ball a lot. That's something in itself that it's Josh throwing him the ball. And I think that Tavon Austin has, you know, has a real shot. And I don't think I would have said that a week ago. I love it. And I agree with you. The word juice is what I described and how I said it on WGR on my afternoon hit with Shopin the Bulldog as well. I said, Tavon Austin has juice. I mean, he does. I, I agree with you. Now, the question I have, though, is how long does that juice last? At his age, he's been training. He's been ready for this. He's, he's trying to get back after it. He's trying to make a name for himself again in the league, and he even talked about this. Once they get to training camp, and he's been out there for a little bit, and the pads come on, can he keep that up? But I agree with you. As of right now, I think it's really interesting. There's such a cross-section of skill sets with a lot of these guys, with the Marquez Stevensons and the um, Jamison Crowder playing in the slot, and Isaiah McKenzie and the return game with all these guys. I mean, they got they have so many, I guess you'd say, slot receivers, right, who can do a lot of different things. I don't know how all of this is going to play out, but it's certainly going to be interesting in one of the position battles we're going to be watching. I think Isaiah Hodgins looked pretty good. I think Taylor Tanner Gentry looked pretty good. But I've said that about these guys over the last few years. Yep. There's just... I mean, Brandon Riley, Des Lewis, pick your name, Matt. We've seen these guys who've come in who've looked really good before the pads come on, and then all of a sudden they're nowhere to be found. Yeah, and then on the other side of the ball with the defense, I think even with the addition of Von Miller, they're really going to lean into the rotation that they have used the last couple of years, and it's going to be different bodies this year than it has been the last couple of years. Boogie Basham almost looks like a different guy. Just his body. I agree. He's he's wearing a different number. Can I tell you something? Somebody emailed me and asked me, they said, I thought Jerry Hughes signed with Houston. They were totally serious and thought Boogie Basham was Jerry Hughes in a video they saw. And I had to explain, no, Boogie Basham changed his number to 55. But to your point, I mean, think about the two body types. And somebody thought that was Jerry Hughes. I mean, they drafted Boogie Basham to kind of be like a flexible option that could play on the interior, that could play on the exterior. And now just with his body, like it just gives them, I think, another viable option. And after Von Miller and then Greg Rousseau, like those guys are going to get some run. I know Shaq Lawson is coming back, but how much juice does he have left in the tank? But then you got to lean on a guy like Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa as well. But something about Basham has just kind of jumped off the page and it's very clear what Von Miller thinks of Greg Rousseau because the way he explained it when we talked to him was like working with Greg Rousseau is like polishing a diamond. You see what's there. You just kind of have to make some tweaks to it and you can really get the most of it. And I think that that's going to be a nice combination because it's, it's just kind of obvious Von Miller is going to garner so much attention from opposing teams that 
now you have guys like Ed Oliver and Greg Rousseau who can just kind of go out and hunt. So I think that Boogie Basham has been another player that stood out the last couple of days. And I think he might be poised to make maybe more of an impact, definitely more of an impact than he made last year, and maybe be closer to what we thought we would see last year, just a year later. He's Matt Bove. I'm Sal Capaccio. It's always game day in Buffalo here, wherever you pod, and whether that's Apple or Spotify, however you get your podcasts, we're going to be here for you. We're going to be doing it all season long. Really looking forward to it. It's been a really nice uh, start to this. I've enjoyed it, and I know Matt and I are going to be uh, looking forward to bringing you a lot more Bills content. So as we roll on on our OTA observations, I think the two rookies are guys we have to talk about. Kyrie Elam had his first interception on Wednesday, from what I saw. I mean, who knows? He could have Bad interceptions on days we weren't out there, Matt. But from what I saw, his first interception, it was a miscommunication. Josh Allen was either throwing to Gabriel Davis or Jamison Crowder. I couldn't tell. But I give Kyrie Elam credit. He was running the route still, and he knew where that ball was going. He kind of read it, and he stayed under it, and he he really sprinted to the ball. He got it. The defense went you know, wild. It was great. It was great to see. And then on the other side of the ball, and, and I'll say, I think he's at a nondescript camp, which is okay. Right. I mean, we're not talking about him getting beat all the time, which is really good. I don't think he's had these flash plays. I'm okay with that. Now the other side of the ball, I think James Cook looks super explosive, but this is a guy I just want to temper my expectations until they get pads on because it's real easy to look super explosive when nobody's really trying to knock you off your path. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's something that we've talked about standing on the sidelines. It's something that our buddy Joe Biscalia has told me time and time again when we worked together over at Channel 7. He was always like, temper running back expectations yep. when there's no pads on and when these guys aren't getting taken to the ground because it always looks like they're doing more than they actually are. You don't know how they're going to hit the hole. You don't know if they're going to get swallowed up and just pushed mm-hmm. to the side. But James Cook has a step to that guy. Like that guy is a weapon. And I know that the front office was elated to get him where they were able to get him just because it's a piece that they don't already have. And that's what you do to get from one of the best teams in the NFL to maybe the best team in the NFL. You need to add playmakers who give you a dynamic that you don't already have. And James Cook does that. I think he's been kind of what I expected, but we'll find out once we get to the actual games, once we get to the preseason. As for Kyrie Elam, He's doing exactly what he needs to do at this point. Go in there, learn the playbook, learn the guys in the secondary that you're going to be there with Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, see how they react to things, get a better understanding of what the defense is going to be trying to do every time. And it's almost like the trial by fire thing. You throw him into a bigger role than maybe he's ready for. Then when Tredavious comes back, Maybe the guys that he's going against are a step slower. Maybe it's not as tough of a challenge. Maybe he's not lining up against Stefan Diggs at practice. He's lining up against Gabriel Davis. That's no knock on Gabe Davis. It's just like Tredavious White is going to be their lockdown corner, or he's at least going to lock down a side of the field whenever he comes back. That should give Elam some more favorable matchups as he continues to kind of grow into the player that Bills fans are hoping it can become. And Bills fans, we did not forget about those of you who want to know about Matt Ariza and holding. It happened on Wednesday, but not in the sense that you would want to see. It wasn't with an actual field goal or extra point, you know, um, uh, through, with, with the offensive line and blocking and all that. But he was holding. He just wasn't holding from Reed Ferguson. <laughs> One of the, the some of the the best parts of practice we're watching. Tyler Bass snapped the ball to Matt Ariza while Reed Ferguson was standing there. And he literally, and I have video of this on my Twitter feed at South Sports, he like fell backward because he was so impressed. Like, oh my God, he did it. And then Matt Ariza snapped the ball to either Matt Hawk or Tyler Bass, whoever it was. It was just funny the way they did that. But we did see it. We just haven't seen it in a regular setting yet. 
Yeah. So we can wait, we can pause on the holding <laughs> conversation. Right. And we're not going to have to talk about it for at least like five more weeks. Right. Once we get to training camp and they do their special teams portion of the practice when everybody who's at camp is going to watch, then we can get out our, you know, our magnifying glass and take out our notebook and figure out exactly how he's doing in the holding game. Matt and I have a very special guest who has a very special talent. In fact, a lot of different talents that we're going to talk to next. We appreciate you staying with us right here on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, Sal. So here's my question for you. Do you have any hidden talents? Yeah, I don't know if they're that hidden, though. Um, I'm a drummer. I've been playing the drums since I was in third grade. Uh, I was a, I actually won a big jazz award in high school for playing drums. I was in jazz band. Um, I've never really played in a band, so to speak, but I've sat in a lot. I've gone places and, people, and I'll tell people like, oh, yeah, let, let me sit in. At Eric Wood's fundraiser every year, he has a really great band, uh, Chris Farrar. Uh, in his band, they play, and I've sat. I said I sit in with them, and I've played "Summer of '69" when they played by Brian Adams, and that's been the song that I've played. Um, I'm also I can sing. Uh, I was Conrad Birdie and Bye Bye Birdie, uh, the musical in high school. Wow. So yeah, uh, my dad was a singer actually, Matt. He made some records. They they sang in Buffalo nightclubs and stuff. They had a band and um, yeah, pretty cool. So I would say I'm pretty musically inclined, and I think I've talked about it a little bit on the radio, but I'd say hidden a little bit for a lot of our listeners who probably might not realize that. I don't even think I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that you could. I knew that you played the drums. I don't think I knew the, the like level that you played the drums. I certainly didn't know about the singing thing. So that's cool. I mean, sports, singing, there's a lot sure. of crossover there. But you're not the only guy at One Bill's Drive oh. who can sing, Sal. And I there's can't sing like a lot of those guys. I'll tell you there's, that. There's another guy who is on national TV because of it. Yeah, man. I tell you, I am so impressed. I'm a, 
I am an AGT watcher, America's Got Talent. And I love watching people. I always say this. I love watching people who can do extraordinary things that I, je- I definitely just can't do. Now, someone can go on there and play the drums, but they're going to be like way better than me. But it's still also something I respect or singing. But it's usually talents that I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just so blown away. And when I heard that Isaiah McKenzie was going on America's Got Talent with Brian Scott and a bunch of other NFL players, I couldn't wait to watch it. And I did. And it was awesome. He knocked it out of the park. I got to say, not just him, the entire group. Yeah. I don't really know what I was expecting. I was like, okay, he's on America's Got Talent. It's kind of a shtick. Like he's an NFL player. These are all former NFL players. Like they're going on there because of who they are, not because of the talent that they have. But I I couldn't have been more wrong. They did a great job. And for anybody who watched the episode, they performed. Simon Cowell was incredibly impressed, which was throwing me off from the old like American Idol days. I was like, oh, no, he's going to be so mean to them. He was floored. Then he had them sing the song acapella, Lean On Me. And it was even better when he did it, when they did it the second time. So it, it was really cool. I think it was really cool for Bills fans to kind of get to see that side of Isaiah McKenzie and some of the other former NFL players that were out there. And uh, he, Hey, he's the face of the franchise for a lot of reasons. And this was on display in the America's got talent episode. It was really cool. <clears throat> it was really cool to watch Isaiah, to see him up there. There were a lot of big guys up there. There were linemen and guys like that. And Isaiah's like that small wide receiver who's up there in this kind of like he is on the football field, right? He gets in the huddle and you know, Isaiah McKenzie's a little bit shorter, but um, I'm just really happy for Isaiah. I think he's a good dude. And, you know, he owns a restaurant down in Florida, a barbecue place. Um, you know, he had that stuff last year where there was a little bit of a controversy with the COVID stuff that he tweeted about and then he got fined by the league and things like that. And I, I think that that, you know, I think that hurt him a little bit, how people perceived him to be, but I think it's, he has such a big heart and he's really well-intended and I think he always wanted to stay in Buffalo and there was a question mark whether that was going to happen, but sure enough, gets to the offseason, Matt, and bam, he actually signed to come back to Buffalo pretty quickly because I know he wanted to be here and the organization wanted him back. Yeah, because he is just such a dynamic personality, and I think they gravitate to him. And we've heard Micah Hyde poke fun at him over the years, and we've heard other teammates just be like, oh, I can't stand that guy, but I'm so happy that he's my teammate. And he is like the little brother that gets under everybody's skin when they need to. But I think it was also telling that they hosted kind of like an impromptu watch party at the stadium on Tuesday night for America's Got Talent. And a lot of guys showed up. Josh Allen showed up to watch. He wanted to be there to support his teammate. And a lot of the other guys were there. And I think that says a lot. And then it was the talk of one bill's drive on Wednesday. One of the guys even said, I don't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Dawson or if it was Ed, but they were playing lean on me in the locker room this morning when all of the players arrived and they were trying to get him to go up there and sing. So they were having fun with it, but they're also really happy for him. And we're going to hear from Isaiah McKenzie telling us all about that and a lot more. How did this happen? How did it come about a really cool conversation with Isaiah McKenzie, wide receiver, punt returner, gadget guy, kick returner, however you want to describe him of the Buffalo Bills, who is on America's Got Talent. All right, we're going to welcome in Isaiah McKenzie now. I don't know if I should call you wide receiver, punt returner, or just all-around singer and talented guy. I mean, after what we saw on America's Got Talent, how cool was that? It was pretty fun. You know what I'm saying? I got to go to LA for the first time, go to California for the first time. I've never seen it. Um, but it was pretty cool just singing with the guys, being this one. It's like an extension of the locker room. It was pretty fun, though. So how did this all come about? Like, how did you become the singer that's on national television? Um, uh, the NFLPA, I think the NFLPA, I want to get this correct, NFLPA or the choir, one of one of the two, they kind of, they reached out to my agency, they asked me, say, hey, Isaiah McKenzie, we want him to be a part of our choir, 
going to America's Got Talent. And I'm like, okay, well, how did they find me? You know what I'm saying? Like, what did they, and it's like, oh, you were handpicked out of a certain amount of guys. I forgot the amount. He's like, handpicked. I'm like, handpicked. Like, that sounds like some Beyonce type thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, Beyonce's handpicked. You know what I'm saying? But, um, I was telling I was actually in Syracuse when it happened, and she said, "Oh, we need you to get you into Atlanta tonight to practice." I'm like, "Practice?" I'm like, "You don't even know if I can sing, like whatever." So I was, I had to get a private jet because there was no flights available. I had to get a private jet, first time ever getting a private jet, and it was like, I didn't want my first time to be like that, but it was my first time ever. So I flew to Atlanta, practice, and we practiced for like hours, and um. Yeah, so we got to California April 16th, and then, no, April 19th, and then we, are, I, we did the, the show, and then, yeah. I gotta ask, what, what was it like being on stage with Simon Cowell there, and those judges, and in that environment? Uh, it was pretty fun, nerve-wracking a little bit, because my helmet was off, you know, my helmet's always on when I'm on TV, but um, it was pretty nerve-wracking, at first I started sweating, the lights, I seen a big, a big crowd, and then I seen Simon and all the other people there, so I'm like... I wasn't really familiar with the names and the people on the show because I, ain't watch, I haven't watched that show in years, right? But I remember Simon, you know what I'm saying? So I seen all the, the, the judges there, and I'm like, ooh, this is going to be a tough crowd. And, I'm, and I was scared of the X's. Like, it was like right there. So I'm like, ooh, if we get an X, we're, we're, we're you know. And I'm like, whoa. So we started doing it, and then it came out well. You know, we made it to the next round. So it was pretty fun. What's the reaction been like? Because we saw yesterday you were doing the Instagram Live. You had a bunch of your teammates in the media room watching it. You guys were eating pizza. But what has the reaction been like since everybody has seen the performance? Um, everybody's a little bit surprised. You know, and even in the team meeting room today, uh, we walk in the team meeting room, everybody's in there, and next thing they're playing the song Lean On Me. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. And everybody's like, Isaiah, get up there and sing. Get up there and sing. And I'm like, no, too late. I got another. I got I got the next round is in August or whatnot. And I was like, yeah, y'all guys will see me next round, I think, because I'll be at camp. How did you guys decide on, decide on Lean On Me? <laughs> Well, mine was last minute. I had no idea we were singing okay. that song. So when you I have a bunch of songs, I'm sure in the catalog, you guys can go to. You correct, and I and they were while they were together, they they chose that song. Okay. And then when I jumped on, I just had to jump in and like, oh, we singing, lean on me. So you start singing with this group, and that's that. That's amazing. How did your background in singing? Like, is this something you've been doing your entire life? No, hell no. I mean, no. <laughs> like, like I said, the shower, the yeah. the car, like. But you can dance. I can dance, you know what I'm saying? I could have been on Dance with the Stars, but no, I never thought I'd be on America's Got Talent, you know? So. Do you have any other talents? Uh, any hidden talents? You play any? Now, look, Brian Scott, I, I did a couple events with him in your Buffalo. He was he plays like five, six musical instruments. It's incredible, and you were on stage with him. What else can you do? Play any musical instruments? Nope. But you're an entrepreneur. Yep, yep. I can, run, I can run a business. Fortnite? Fortnite. Yeah. Oh, you're Fortnite guy. Fortnite, Call of Duty, Fortnite. What do you, what do you, what's your skin in Fortnite? What's your go-to skin? I haven't played Fortnite in like years, but I was a Fortnite guy. So my, Fortnite and Chick Fil A. I remember that yeah. Isaiah said that's what he does. He yep. leaves, he plays Fortnite, gets Chick Fil A. My uh, son uses like the Josh Allen skin in Fortnite. There's like a Josh Allen skin. There's oh, Bill stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't played in a minute, but <laughs> when I did play Fortnite, I think it was it was a soccer skin, but it was just like right. um, something else I was going to ask you about uh, being on stage with us. Oh yeah. So we we don't know what happens. We don't know the next round. Do you know? Like I know you don't want to spoil it, but or is this? It's just happening in real time just like we're watching it like do you know that what happens in the next round or you haven't done that yet you haven't gotten to the second round that's, that's in August okay. the second round is in August I mean I'll be in camp you know I don't know you know how that's going to work so I don't sure. but we'll see but we made it to the second round yes a lot of big guys out there you're like you were like I know you're a wide receiver you're, you're not the biggest dude but a lot of linemen doing this 
Yeah, that's, they got the big lungs and the vocals. <laughs> they got all the vocals and things. They can change the, you know, me, I got one note. That's about it. That's awesome. And then Micah didn't believe you yesterday. Well, tell us that story. Well, I was telling Micah, I was like, yo, tonight we're going to watch America's Got Talent. I'm going to be on there. He was like, for real? No, you're not. You know, Micah hasn't been here for a while. So I'm sitting there talking to him, and he's like, he's like, for real? I'm like, no, I'm not playing. I'm dead serious. Blah, blah. So then apparently he was watching it, and he saw me, and he was like, oh, I didn't think you were serious. Congratulations. Da, 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 that's cool. Da, da. I was like, man, you full of, you know, whatever. Because I'm like, I just told you. He's like, I thought you was lying. You play so damn much. So. How has, you know, switching over to football for a second, though, how has camp gone? I know you guys are wrapping up mandatory minicamp. It's weird watching you run around at six. We're used yeah. to seeing your old number. It's kind of strange. Uh, it's been pretty cool. I mean, I, I actually, we did a photo shoot, and it was, you know, it came, December 6th came out looking a little good, so I like it. But um, just running around here has been pretty fun. Um, I was just learning new positions, learning my new role and things like that. So it's been pretty cool. You guys crushed it, man. Congratulations. I appreciate it, bro. Thanks, Isaiah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch and how you can discover this new level of softness with their iconic sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% responded that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They source the rarest 100% organic cotton for an incredible softness to start. Then they skip the toxins and harsh chemicals for a natural feel unlike anything else, and it all comes together with their signature weave. This special design feels buttery, breathable, and unlocks new levels of softness with every wash, and they stand behind their promise of softness. With their 30-night guarantee, you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. If during the 30 nights, you don't love your sheets or feel them getting softer and softer, you can send them right back. No questions asked. So head to BollandBranch.com for 15% off your first order with code ODYSSEY. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right, Matt, before we started this um, episode, we threw out to our Twitter followers if they have any questions. Yep. I get a weird question. And now I know why I got this weird question because you explained it to me. What happened here? All right, so... My buddy, Jeff Rusak, a former news reporter at Channel 7, his question was, why is creme brulee the best dessert? And the backstory for that is that my colleague, Jenna Caleri, got married this past weekend to Channel 4's Paul Stockman. So congratulations to both of them. Beautiful wedding out in Holland, Michigan. That's where Jenna grew up. And as we were sitting down, Jeff and I were sitting next to each other at the table, and he said, there is creme brulee for dessert, and it is the best dessert known to man. And I was like, whoa, it's good. 
it is not the best dessert known to man. That is too hot of a take. So he responded, why is creme brulee the best? I'm not knocking creme brulee. I like it. I think it's good. But I think if you had other options, maybe an ice cream cake, maybe apple pie, I think I would take those instead of creme brulee. So is it like, is it coffee? You know what I mean? Is that what it is? Or No, creme brulee is like a custard and then you take a torch to it and you put it over the top of it. So then it gets like a caramelized top. So the top is like really crunchy, sugary, and sweet. And I am totally it, ignorant to this. I had no idea. I'm totally ignorant to this creme brulee. I don't know how to make it. I don't even know. I think you'd get it at like a fancy restaurant more often than not. It's really good. Like you should definitely try it, but I think there's other things that are better than it. Just give me coffee with French vanilla or hazelnut and I'm good for a dessert. That's all I need to sit at the table. Thank you very much, Jeff, though. We do appreciate the question. Here's a good one. Heather, what team are you most looking forward to playing and why? And now look, we do not play. Obviously, Heather, I'm sure you know that. But what city, what road trip are you most looking forward to and why, Matt Bove? All right. So this is a two-part answer for me. The road trip that I am most looking forward to is Los Angeles because of all of the, you know, the stage that comes with that, the stakes of the game, the first game of the NFL season, the Bills finally back. I think the first weekend of the NFL year is one of my favorite weekends of the year. This is obviously a couple of days earlier than that. I'm excited to go out to LA. I'm excited to hopefully get some golf in in LA. The strictly game that I am most excited to watch is the Bills versus Chiefs week. Uh, week six bills versus chiefs week six. Sorry. I'm like jumping all over the place. It was the best sporting event that I've ever been to the divisional round last year. Right. And, and you know, for people who cover sports for a living, we, we go to a lot of different sporting events. It was unbelievable. I don't think it will ever be topped. And I can't wait to see these two teams go at it again because I'm once again expecting just an unbelievable show. It seems like Josh Allen on that stage, he's built for that stage, as is Patrick Mahomes. So you're going to just watch two guys absolutely go at it, and I think it's going to live up to the expectations. Yeah, that's a really good answer. Um, for me, I think Los Angeles, of course. My family's going out. We're going to make a little trip out of it. Uh, you got some baseball going on the day before that. Dodgers are at home. Angels are at home. We're going to stay in LA for a couple of days. And I'll be honest with you. I know it's, it's not super sexy, maybe on team wise, but you know, I kind of, I want to see Detroit Thanksgiving. Like it's this tradition, Detroit Thanksgiving, the bills did Dallas, the bills did new Orleans. I know it's not ideal to be traveling for Thanksgiving, but to be in this game in mm -hmm. Detroit and Thanksgiving, that's the, that's the matchup. You know, when people think of Thanksgiving in the NFL, they don't really think of Dallas. They think of Detroit, right? To be a part of that game. I think Mac, Matt is pretty cool. I think so too. I think it really shows how much the bills have arrived from yeah. 2019 to 2021 and now 2022, three Thanksgiving games in four years. Every time the NFL can put the bills on a national stage, they basically do it, which says a lot about the team. And it is, it's, it's kind of weird. Like the Detroit game for me has always been the, like, put it on in, in the background and get ready for the day. Like if I've got a fantasy player playing in the game, I try and make sure that I'm able to watch some of it. It's kind of weird with like people's like holiday, how it fits in. But I think for most people, if you're watching at home, you'll probably watch the game and then probably have your Thanksgiving meal basically right after that. And hopefully it's coming off of a win and you can enjoy your meal because if they lose, I, I don't think people will be too happy. I'm also guessing they know how to treat the media in Detroit on Thanksgiving, if you know what I mean, and give a nice meal. I'm guessing they're very, very well versed in that. 
I think that they've done it a couple times at this point. <laughs> Hopefully they've got it the routine now. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. So thank you very much for those questions. Uh, we can always, you know, take your questions, but we'll throw it out there when we're recording a podcast and we have, you have some questions our way. I have a couple questions for you before we wrap up. I'm going to surprise you here. Okay. I have answers. We are sitting here on Wednesday, June 15th, recording this. Mm-hmm. I do not know what the score is in the first period. Who is your pick for the Stanley cup final? You're a okay. hockey guy. Yeah. That's a gr- so I don't know the score either. I'm trying not to look at it. Yeah, my pick is my pick is Tampa in six. What I want to happen is the Colorado wins. I'm really kind of sick of watching Tampa Bay win. I just think it's like okay, been there, done that, cool. Let's have somebody new come in. I just think Vasilevsky in these big time games is just a whole different beast. And I know how explosive Colorado can be, but not having Kadri, I think is going to hurt them. I just, I'm going to pick Tampa to win. And I, I hope I'm wrong, quite frankly. I'm going to pick the abs and I do hope the abs win. I think they're just too good scoring. I know Vasilevsky is amazing. And by the way, the blighter you're done all this without Braden point. He's returning, right? Which is incredible to think about. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick the abs in six. I think it could go seven. I think it's a fascinating series, but I think Colorado is just too high flying, too much scoring. The other question I have for you is, who is your pick for the U.S. Open Golf Championship this weekend? I'm so happy you asked. Okay, so I'm in a bunch of different golf pools. I'm in one too, and I haven't chosen anything yet. Okay, so I basically spent the entire day kind of like reading up and researching things, and I'm kind of going back and forth. So my pick is different than anybody that I, so I'm in a lot of pools where it's like, you can only pick one person once. And then once you've used them, you can't use them for the rest of the year. So I've kind of had to navigate things a little bit different for that pool, the pool where you can't use the same person more than once. I think my lineup was like Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, Shane Lowry, and Will Zalatoris. So those are the guys that I'm rolling with there. I'm a little skeptical about Rory. Like I love Rory. And I think that coming off of the win last week, he's probably going to have a good week, but I am going to go with Justin Thomas. And I think he's, it's, he's such a good player and he's so consistent. And I just think that he's kind of built for these types of majors, these types of events. And I know he had the PGA a couple weeks ago and he's already got, you know, two majors. I think eventually he's going to get a U.S. Open. And I think he's really going to be in contention this week. Justin Thomas game is just too balanced for him to ever not be in contention. And I feel like with the course, the way he's playing, the way the field is playing, I think he's going to have a big week. But if I could pick anybody that I want to see win, I would love to see Rory win. I hear you on that. I like Rory. Scotty Scheffler is always tough to pick against, though, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I mean he's, he's made, this year he's been the best player in the world. Yeah. The U.S. Open's a different beat. I, I'm sure he's going to contend because he's got the game to contend. But I think if you give me like a Sunday final pairing with a guy like Scotty Scheffler, with a guy like Will Zellatoris against some of the guys who have kind of been there, done that in the majors, I'll give the nod to those guys. Phil Mickelson, 200 to one odds at Caesar Sportsbook. After all the controversy with the Live Golf Tour and everything like that, he's playing in the U.S. Open. Think he even makes the cut? No, I don't. I don't. Probably I think not, he's right? going to get chewed up. I, I think he's going to get chewed up. By the, I, it's funny. This is going to, for basically the rest of his life, be something that people immediately think of when they hear Phil Mickelson. For a long time, Phil Mickelson was, you know, a fan favorite golfer that people absolutely adored. And, you know, not to get into it too much, but people now have an opinion. 
People either think that he's doing the right thing and a lot more people think he's doing the wrong thing. So I don't think he's going to contend this week. And I think that if he does struggle, there's going to be a lot of people out there who are probably happy to see that. Matt and I are going to be playing in a golf, little golf event on Thursday, the 23rd to uh, benefit uh, both Oshai Children's Hospital, the Evan Wood Fund that we talked with Eric Wood about. Looking forward to playing in that, but also looking forward, of course, to a lot more. It's always game day in Buffalo. We will have that for you throughout the offseason and into the season. Make sure you check it out in all your podcast forums, wherever you get your podcasts. Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, of course, the Odyssey app. You can follow Matt along on Twitter at Matt underscore Bove. He's at Channel 7 WKBW TV in Buffalo. I'm at WGR Sports Radio 550. And of course, on the Bills sideline in the regular season. Matt, till next time, buddy. We'll talk with everybody. And of course, you have a great weekend. Enjoy uh, the U.S. Open. And I guess you and I are going to talk next week, the next time the podcast comes out. Absolutely. Excited. Excited for a little bit of a break, but I can't lie. I'm already excited for training camp, too. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.